This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Hello and welcome to another episode of Building Minnesota Rocker. I'm Ashley, aka Midnight, here as always uh, with uh, Brett Diamond, the COO. And today, he's back. Gary V is back on the podcast. We've actually had you in, um, I think you were down in Minneapolis. That was like the beginning of this year, or maybe early, or late last year. But obviously had had a great in, in-person podcast with you then. And now we're, we're back online and, and we have you on to talk about I guess going into season two with Minnesota Rockers. So thanks uh, for the time today, and happy You're happy welcome. to have you. Thank you. Pretty it's really great to be here. Yeah, it's pretty stoked. We actually um we actually just had Gary meet uh the the new roster for the first time, which is really exciting. Um, the guys are all like everyone's pretty juiced right now because you know it's that that first like honeymoon period when you have a, a brand new lineup, a brand new roster, brand new vibes. But it's it's that exciting time of the year, right, where the the new Call of Duty is about to come out soon. The new season is starting in in a few months, and then you know getting that that touch point with you know obviously your co-owner of the team. I don't think that touch point is there for a lot of players, so that was really cool to see. Yeah, I mean, look, I I don't even know how to be involved with something and not try to bring the most value possible. And you know, obviously, you got to see what just happened, but ju- you know. I, I think, you know, I'm less, I'm more macro than micro, right? I'm going to the real, like, <laughs> let's get our human dynamics down. Also, because, you know, if, if this was a sports card company or a wine company, I, I could go into the places of craft. But with these guys, you know, I, I'm not even a casual cod player. So what am I going to really say to them, right? Like, you know, I'm definitely not going to go there. What I'm going to go into is how do I bring you the most value as the minority owner, how do I, you know, bring you value as a human being? I don't know. I thought that went really well. Obviously, you have been, you know, around me long enough. You two on this, like, that felt like a really great meeting. That makes me feel like excited for next year. Yeah, that that was really it was awesome. You you, you could tell the energy that the guys were getting from the conversation, and and you could even see it build from you know over the course of the that you know, the, the half hour or so that you were with them. So it's, it's great. It's great to see it. It's exciting to see, just to feel those vibes as we head into, head into season two. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, we, we, we did record the combo, so we'll probably upload it to, to YouTube as well. So you guys can see like that genuine, just like interaction, um, what, what that was really like for the guys and, and for Gary. Um, why do you think it is so important, Gary, for, for the players to feel connected to any team that they're on or any organization that they're a part of? Speed. I think speed wins a lot of things and people are confused by that. And I think when you feel connected and you feel trust and you don't feel politics, um, then I think, you know, you're able to go fast. You know, like I was saying to the guys, if, if, you're, if you like each other, you're not going to think about dreading practice, having that anxiety. Um, and so... You know, I think I don't. I don't think you can show up as your best self um, in those environments unless you are in that place. And so, you know, to me, continuity, longevity. I mean, like, I'm. You know, and I'm sure you feel the same way. I'd be really pumped if somebody told me this was the core of our team for seven, eight, nine seasons, right? You yeah. know, and and so you want to you want that connection so that you build an actual family, families win. And so that's how I think about that. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great way to frame it. You know, 
and and that was true a year ago right and and we you know we loved the guys that we had as a part of the first roster they'll always have a special place in the history of this team um you know ultimately we had to collectively make some tough decisions to part ways with those guys um but the 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 roster we've brought on is truly one that we feel like can compete for a championship and you know hopefully this is something where you know these are our four guys for you know, for longer than even, you know, some of the, you know, historic dynasty, you know, shorter term sometimes in esports, but some of those dynasties that you look back at um, in the Call of Duty scene, like that's obviously setting a, you know, a ridiculous standard, but, you know, like that's the goal, right? Is that you, you get this core and they, and you're, it's a part of the organization uh, for a long time to come. I think, too, yeah, go uh, ahead, Matt. Oh, yeah, I was just gonna say, I think, too, like when you look at building a roster and who you want to like be the face of your franchise, it's so important to get that player or group of players or whatever that core foundation is to really represent and get people to, no pun intended, attach to your team, right? It's just, it's so <laughs> important in, in esports and I think in, in traditional sports, too, that personality level that's there. But it's, it's so key for us here. So uh, I'll let you go ahead, too, though. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're all saying the same thing. I think there's no confusion that when you get an owner, a coach, a general manager, and usually a team captain to have that chemistry, you think about Magic and Riley and the late Jerry, Dr. Jerry Buss, like you get that trio, that quad of individuals in sports, uh, it gets real good real fast. And, um, you know, Tori and Jeter and, Steinbrenner, like, you know, cash, like, it's just obvious. It's obvious. You know, I'm not going to use the Patriots one because it pisses me off. (laughs) But, you know, like, it's very, 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 very obvious. And so um, I think that's what, you know, I know for sure that's what I and Jonathan will definitely, like, see. He, you know, he's obviously lived it with experience of, like, going through the stuff with the Vikings. And I think... You know, I definitely feel that connection with you two as we think about it. And um, I, I just don't think you, you, you can once at a blue moon win without it. I believe that to be true. Occasionally, you know, there's athletes that come together that are just so spectacular and it hits right. But I couldn't even be wrong about that. I have to really look back at the six or seven major sports in the world the last 50 years. It's really hard to win it without it being right. Brett, you're muted. Brett, you're on mute. <laughs> Double muted. Especially to have that be consistently the case over time. Yeah, right? yeah and that's, consistently. Like, nobody's winning a back-to-back championship without it. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing you really do see, you know, you, you, you know in any sport. Like, you can have, you know, a team can have a, <clears throat> a great year and a great run here and there and catches fire. But you see the organizations in every sport that have consistent success over years or, and they might have a down season here or there and they might have to make their own changes. Um, but that's, you know, that's hopefully what, what we're building for the future here with, with all of these components, you know, the ownership group, yourself, the Will family, Ashley, our coaches, all of our staff that come together um, every day to support the players and create content for the fans and do all of the things. And, you know, if you find that right mix, um, you know, that's everybody's goal, right? That's every team's goal, certainly, um, you know, not just ours, but, you know, hopefully we're, hopefully we're building the foundation for something. I feel, listen, there. I'm, I'm going to be very um, anxious uh, in sports terms because I, I'm, you know, I have expectations this year. I think, you know, you and Ash and the rest of the team, like we've gone out and 
put ourselves in a position to succeed here. Yeah, I think so too. And, and that's that's actually one of the, so we have a couple of questions from the chat, a couple of questions that we want to ask you as well. But obviously for the team competitively going into the second year, we we need to do better than ninth. Like that's just, it's unacceptable, I think by all of our standards. And so- You, you think? For, yeah, big time. Um, so for the team competitively, but also for the business, yourself as an owner, how are you looking at the second season? And a, ch a chat question wants to know like, what do you think about the players who are quite into like building their personal brand, doing content? We seem to have a couple more content focused guys than we did last year. What are your just thoughts going into year two with, with all those things in mind? I mean, the first part, you know, we, we got off to a really good start and let, I mean, let's call a spade a spade, you know, the wheels came off and um, you know, it's super disappointing. Um, you know, I think to, to be very transparent, I was just worried about the health and well-being of my family and like, because I have so many businesses um, and I'm not the active driver of this one, like two of you are, you know, it, you know, I, in a weird way, having such a rough season is, it was good timing because at the time it was going down, there was some real big things in life that you have to worry about. So that kind of softened the blow. I, you know, I think coming in third or fourth this year will hurt more than ninth last year in some weird way. I can, I can already like, I'm just me talking to myself, obviously very publicly. Um, as far as, you know, I want, I want every one of my players to be in the best position to succeed for them. I, I feel like I work for them more than they work for me. And so I think one of the great things that Rocker offers is me. And if I'm the reason one of the kids goes from tier B to tier A, because we interact a lot more, and, and I help them get better at content. And that becomes their leverage to leave our team in free agency. I'm being dead serious with you two. That's fine by me. Because that means that the rock, and this is my objective, by the way. That means the rocker is the destination. A, four out of eight kids are gonna stay because they value loyalty. They're thinking 50 years down the line. We become really close. It could be a million different things. The four that don't, I'm happy if they get a monster contract and they feel like their time here made that happen. But when everyone sees this play out, it's also going to lead to the 500 underneath that want to come in. And so I'm excited about kids doing that because I'm not like a traditional owner that wants to suppress so that I can get a better second and third contract. I don't see the world as limited. I see it more abundant than that. And, uh, and I also think there's a lot of incredible talent brewing in the teenage players in the world. And um, I hope they look at this as the destination. Yeah, and you hit on something there, Gary, that it's interesting because it's something that I think is foundational to what we're doing here. And that, you know, we've maybe talked in very briefly about it um, between us and, you know, and John and, and Brian and others that are part of the, the ownership group, but, it's it's that doing the right thing by the players to make this a place that that players want to come and you know several of the players on this roster took less money to come here than they were being offered in other places and and that just you know that blows me away that that that's what's happening in year two of this organization and it's because of the support that we have from you that we have from the Wilfs that you know 
decisions, like I won't get into detail, you know, but decisions that we made um, in terms of how to support players during the pandemic, you know, those are things that, you know, we like to think um, we're doing those things. Yeah, for and anybody with a half a brain, time. anybody yeah. with a half a brain that's listening right now is like, we put our money and our heart where our mouth is. Super complicated. Gary, Gary, I've got a question for you. Which, so, oh, by the way, leads to reputation, Brett. Yeah, absolutely. The end. Humans absolutely. talk. Yep. It's amazing that doing the right thing actually is the right thing from a business <laughs> sense too. How about, how about that? Amazing. It always, it always feels that way. Yeah. So, so Gary, you talk a lot about the ambition of owning the New York Jets someday, right? What are things that you're that you take away from your ownership in this team and, and just interactions that you have or things you observe um, as a part of this process? How does how do those two things relate? How does that build um, and does it really? I think you just watched it. You know, if you don't think even for a quick second through my mind, it ran that this talk that I'm having right now is going to be replicated in 27 years with, you know, 100 or 53 or 75 or whatever the time is, guys, in National Football League, I genuinely believe that to be true. Which will be super fun, by the way, like in this partnership, one of the things that makes me smile about this partnership is if I'm able to pull this off, you know, it's just gonna be so amazing. Like the thought of like having a, you know, I, basically if I could dream it up, 25 years from now, I transact on the Jets. 25 years from now, you know, version one is a monster gaming team in the universe so we're partners on this but then once every you know four years we get to play each other in the nfl it'll be a fun it'll be fun late older years you know with over dinner and debate with jonathan on that stuff so i'm looking forward to it that's that's awesome i love that i've always wondered this is it is it jets or nothing or jets or nothing okay Uh, uh yeah it's jets or nothing for me i don't I mean, you never say never, but I just don't see myself. I just think I'll take those, the NFL, like I just, I think whatever I do at that point in my life, I'm gonna do for true enjoyment and success. And I just don't know. I mean, to me, really the consolation prize is the Knicks. And after that, it becomes something completely what? It's like, what's the point? I don't, I'm out. I think that- Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of it's cool that that's kind of like the catalyst for for you wanting to do this. Obviously, you understand the value that that esports brings. I mean, you have Vayner Gaming that's. I would have been. Up. I would have. I would have been more passive. To your point, Ashley. You know, I would have. I would have, and will continue to invest in the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. But what probably pushed me hard to team ownership in this environment, it, no question, is the macro, and and, and the relationship with the Wills. I mean, I've known them since I was a kid. You know, they grew up in the part of New Jersey that. I grew up working at, you know, um, and so there's a real warm feeling. There's real warmth there. Yeah, the feeling I get, especially from someone who's been working in esports for 10 years and seeing this investment money come and seeing these VCs come in and just try to be like, oh, yeah, I want to do this. Um, With with the Will family, it genuinely feels like they're here to do it the right way and do like like execute fully on it like they're just not here for novelty oh we have a gaming team too like oh this is the furthest thing from vanity or or throw away or let's learn i mean this is they're in it yeah i'm sure you see it um big time i mean brett obviously worked with them on in, in the nfl organization like you know i mean 
I think John, you know, Jonathan's deeper in it than I'm in it. Like they're in it. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I've really, really come to respect over this like last year that I've, I've been working with the team is just that they're going to, they want to operate and do the right things. We're growing and fulfilling some of the goals that we've set out in front of us in just year one. Um, But now it's, you know, it, it just feels all the more better when you have a strong foundation who's in it with you and not just like, Oh yeah, like here's a budget, have fun. And I think you hit on Ashley, that that's one of the common threads that I think ties a lot of these pieces together, right? You know, that mindset of, okay, we're, you know, we're not coming into this scene acting like we have all the answers because of success in traditional sports or in other areas of business. It's that mentality of wanting to, and genuinely enjoying, you know, Gary, you talk so much about the process, right? I'm a big believer in that. Genuinely enjoying this process of learning about the scene, you know, getting to know the fans. And, and as we enter any additional title, what that looks like. And I think that's true of John and his family, you know, Gary, from everything you said, I know that's true about you. And that's one of the things that attracted me to this opportunity. And frankly, I would not have jumped on board with, you know, with an ownership group that I didn't think had that. I know that's true of you, Ashley, and a lot of our staff as well. Like it ties a lot of what we're about together. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, like I said, I've seen ownership come in and directly mess it up with, with just trying to throw money at it and hope that, that they do the thing. Um, it's, it's always about that that just the continuity between the top down, like what are we trying to do here? What can we execute on and how can we do it? Um, so kind of speaking like in that same vein, Gary, when you were building VaynerMedia, what was the transition like from year one to two? Was it black and white? Was it just a gradual fade up? Great like- question. So it's, it's a great question given the context of this show and where we're at. It's funny, the first you know, 18 months I was, I was very passive with Boehner Media by comparison, because I was still really running Wine Library. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to give AJ room to do his thing, like, you know, get all that pent up, you know, energy from being in school for seven years, probably longer than he wanted to be. And I wanted to see what he was about. I wanted him to learn. I also wrote Crush It, um, and it went completely viral and, you know, had my first child. So it was a very, like that first 18 months, I was pretty passive. Then I got involved and, and, and then it really lifted off. Um, so I think ironically year three and four is more of the comp here. And, you know, I think it becomes, it's why we just had such good free agency. You know, what, what happened there, what's happening here. It's like, you come in with all the right ingredients. We've been talking about ingredients, mindset, the relationships, the intent, the, the talent, that we have at ownership. And I and and then more importantly, thank God for you too, like senior leadership, right? Then you start learning. Learning is everything. So it's like, it's almost like you have the best garden in the world with the best pond with the best fish and the greatest chicken coop, but you might actually just be okay or solid. You have all the talent, you're you are destined to be one of the great chefs of all time but you need to go through the reps. So for me, that's what year two is. Like, like when we were going through free agency and obviously you two were more active than I was, but when, you know, like communication, looking at thoughts, like uh, I just, I can feel my chemicals right now. So I remember the feeling, I was like, wow, we are, we are really on our way. Like I am one of the less deep in 
I know all of these guys. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, okay, we're in this, you know? And, and we were successful in, in getting, you know, I mean, I, you know, to give credit to you, Ashley, and, and I felt like we went after a lot of great people in year one too, got some, didn't get everyone, you know, da, da, da. So being able to execute, you know, this is where ingredients matter by what we did during COVID, who we actually are as human beings, <laughs> nice, honored, all that reputation, winning some of the free agency sweepstakes because of it. Let's call a spade a spade. Um, that's the transition. You know more, yeah. which makes you better. I think that's most definitely true. And and I got to give credit to where all credit's due. Like, obviously, Brett and I were a huge part of building that first initial roster. Going into year two, we wanted to leave it almost entirely up to the coaching staff in Brian Saint and, and Jake, who's the assistant coach and lead analyst. They put in so much work during this offseason to make this happen. But I think the biggest thing that I noticed when I did come into some, because I did eventually come into some conversations and start trying to be like, hey, like content, like let's help you grow. Um, you know, coming into that, like last year, for example, we were on the phone with Priesta, Brett and I, and we're like, he was our number one. Like we want this guy. And he ended up going to phase, but I, I can totally understand. They're very built out. They have their great infrastructure, great team. Um, and we just, we were saying a bunch of things that we wanted to do, but how can they believe it? We just got here, right? And so, but after year one, they saw, oh, launch event weekend was a sick event. Like the the armory looked amazing. The, tr the players were all treated well, even if they weren't on our team. Shout out to that. Um, and just like making sure that that reputation starts to get built. And it's because we have the ingredients here in the senior staff, all the way like down to any interns we hire. Like we literally are all on the same page of this. And it, it is the ingredient factor. It's the solid support from ownership and the direction that they give versus how we execute it. Yep. Cosign. Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> exactly right. I mean, that was statement form. And so what I want to do in those moments is not answer when nothing's needed. That is a big fat yes. Yes, I'm into it. Um, so about Vayner Gaming, I noticed um, you guys have yep. really like doubled down on that. Like, I love that. Like you're, you're, you're assigning more gamers. You're, you're being more involved with like Twitch streaming and stuff like that. Talk about like what you want to do in that space and kind of what Vayner Gaming is. So it's interesting, right? I'm very active in gaming, but I'm 1B or 2 in both places, right? I, I just am. I'm, I'm 1B or 2, however you want to define it, on version 1. In a world where I'm 1A in a lot of the things I do, there's a lot of places I'm 1B or 2, and then there's things, the majority things, I'm passive. I'm an investor. I'm an advisor. I'm not active. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm 1B, 2 in both arenas, uh, but, you know, obviously, you know, Reed Bergman, who works in the Vayner world, brings, you know, Kyle to our offices. We build a long-term relationship there. We're able to establish Vayner Gaming with one of the most prolific players. I mean, I truly believe Kyle is going to be an all-time great gamer because of his skill sets just translate to so many other things. Um, you know, I, I'm staying away from COD players because I need to really like get educated both from my lawyers like i haven't gone there yet so i haven't <laughs> really gone into, like that that seems very off limits to me and rocket you know i'm gonna have to really figure out what's gonna happen as these two streams brew as version one starts to expand quite a bit um so still le leaves an incredible amount of things unlimited amount of players for representation 
in other things outside of the things we do with version one. Um, so just genuinely excited about it. I think we're going to bring a ton of value. We've, we've made Kyle a lot of money off <laughs> of and endorsements and marketing and content. And we plan on doing that. And just like being an owner, you know, when you're a manager or an agent, you want to help people. You want to get the most for them. You want to be their older brother and dad and, you know, and, and whatever they want you to be. And um, this is clearly a, you know, listen, esports is going to be a space that I'm going to be in for the rest of my life. Um, and uh, I'm excited about that. I believe that, um, that uh, gaming and esports is a top four sport globally with soccer, basketball, and mixed martial arts um, in 25 years. And that's good because I'll still be a young man and hopefully all those successes in these things and others will allow me to buy a very American sports team that I enjoy. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so over the course of the past few months, you've launched a lot of new initiatives, right? We just talked about Vayner Gaming. That's one. You Vayner Commerce. And then just from the content standpoint, Tea with Gary Vee, marketing for the now. I'm curious, what of those things, obviously some clearly took runway to get to a point where you can launch them. But I've wondered, of those things, with the onset of the pandemic, how did that factor into the decision-making of do we launch marketing for the now marketing for the now and tea with Gary B zero conversation prior to pandemic turned during pandemic uh, gaming was brewing, but maybe the focus time allowed that to happen, but that was brewing. Uh, Vayner commerce was very in play. You know, it actually existed. The announcement schedule was affected, moved it up a little bit because to take advantage of everybody caring about commerce, the empathy wine transaction that I sold to Constellation, which is a huge transaction in my career, that started in October, ironically closed verbally the first day I was home, like kind of not in the office. Um, I was trying to think of the, you know, yeah, I've, I've definitely been very active. Um, I think, I mean, there's a, I mean, right now, really what's been happening with me the last six months, I was just saying it to Lou and Alexandra, my admins, like my allocation of time to VaynerX is extraordinary. You know, Vayner Media, the gallery media group, which is purewow.com at 1.37 PM, which we do a lot of content in this space. Um, Tracer and, you know, the Sasha group. So I have a bunch of BPro, I have a bunch of companies, um, Vayner speakers in this holding marketing comms company I've been really focused there because that is the core business and, you know, obviously navigating through a, a global pandemic is we got offices in Singapore and London. So I've had a lot on my plate, but, uh, but there are, mo there are multiple things. I'm always working on 64, you know, juggling 64 things and 29 fall to the ground and break and six get thrown up all the way and become real. And that that's where I sit. I sit in this place in the middle where ideas either die or get created and then I sit up there operating those and some of those lose and some of them win and that's my life. That's interesting. That's something I've always throughout my career tried to observe of when I was you know, in a more junior position, executives around me or executives that I had the opportunity to work for or with, you know, what that balance of time spent between sort of like what's directly in front of you or what's sort of like managing the crisis of the moment um, versus the higher level strategic thinking. And it's super important to us. I mean, it's something our leadership team 
with this organization is talking a lot about as we think about the evolution entering year two and now our staff is 20 people and not three and you know it's just a what we we're a growing company so we have to we have to define a lot of those things yep i mean it is everything you know the gray and the black and white right the gray that we've talked a lot about the humanity the kindness the empathy the passion the compassion all those things and then the black and white like operations right you know and um you know i think i think a lot about wartime generals versus peacetime generals you know, I think the thing that you probably observed was when the heat is on, I'm sure you saw executives that you were close to, Brent, in your career that cracked and would yell at people and make people feel like and all those things. And then you have other people that would lift people up. And that's the difference between leaders and bosses. And I think about that every day. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, Right after launch weekend, Annie, Annie Scott Riley, our, our head of marketing, and I had a conversation about how we had been wartime generals to just like to get through that first event that was such a heavy lift and everything to get off the ground. And at some point we need to sort of pivot to being peacetime generals and then a uh, pandemic hit and, you know, sort of back to, <laughs> back to the wartime general vibe. But um, how, how are we doing on, on time? I got one minute. We got one minute. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to quickly hit you with a couple quick hits. Um, when are you 1v1ing Hector? And what do you want to 1v1 him on? I know you guys were meant to play some pickup basketball, then the pandemic hit. Are you trying to play him on COD, basketball, foosball? What's that, NHL game you rock? Yeah, what, yeah, what NHL that? 94, I'll destroy Hector. <laughs> um, Madden 94, I'll destroy Hector. Ice hockey for Nintendo, I'll destroy Hector. You know, anything that starts getting into Xbox and PlayStation. Actually, PlayStation 1, I, I did some real damage. Battle Arena and all those things. Um, yeah, I'm trying to stay away from anything that's happened since I've started working for a living, which is <laughs> 1998. You know, anything 1998 on, I'm very scared of Hector. Anything 1998 pre, um, I'm very focused. I, that I, can I think spend. we could meet in the middle. We'll find something for you guys to meet in the middle the next time you guys are both at an event. Um, Gary, I don't, I don't have much to add. I know, I know your time's precious. I really appreciate you coming on with us today. Um, I know we're going to have Attach on Tea with Gary V on October yes. 13th, I believe. And that's at 9 Eastern, right? That's correct. And that's on uh, your, your channels? Ever, I mean, yep, all my live channels yeah. will attach will be on. I think somebody else is joining. So I'm not the best with logistics. So yeah. this is the one thing I can't answer on the spot, but really looking forward to it. Um, and I think Preston actually. Yeah, and, I think uh, it's going to be and, Preston attached separately. So. Yep, got it. So, and uh, I love you guys. We'll talk yeah, soon. Much Bye love. everyone who's Thank watching. You. Thank, Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Gary. Thanks. All right, episode's over. Please leave a review and subscribe up on Apple. It would mean a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to me. Thank you very much. Today's highlighted review is This is the Podcast I Needed by Johnny G. There are a few podcasts that really stand out in my daily routine. I listen to so many being at work all the time. Ever since finding this podcast, I've found my bliss. There's such a wide variety of unique topics every single day. I'm always excited to see what you guys are putting out next. Keep up the great stuff. Keep those reviews coming. We could highlight yours next.